Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 20 through 26. Looking at his disciples, he, that is Jesus, said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. So far the reading of God's word. Thank you, Annette, for reading God's word for us. How to live a life worth living. That's the theme for the sermon of today. And perhaps, Chris, you might put off the the Bima screen if you want to. Their properties were all taken from them by their families. Their family families abandoned them from the village where they lived and they were forced to stop their schools. That is what I read last Friday about three boys in Ethiopia recently, three independent stories, two boys 17 years old, one boy 13 years old, when they lived in a Muslim area and came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now they live with a Christian family elsewhere, but how would these boys feel? I feel privileged to know some people who have experienced similar things. Actually, I think we're privileged today to have some of them in our midst. Then how do you feel if you experience that, lose your properties, abandoned from your village, not to see your village, your family any longer, not able to continue your school. One thing I learned is that many times a voice will whisper or even cry to you, are you not a fool? that you made these steps to follow Jesus? Have you not been a fool? Now probably many of us have never experienced such things. But though we may not have experienced this, we may know that voice. When Jesus calls you to follow him, to obey him, just in very small things of your daily life to obey him, not to choose for your own well-being, but to obey him, that voice may whisper to you too, are you not a fool to do that? 
Shouldn't you think of your safety, of your comfort, of your own joy? So though our circumstances may be different, we all know that voice that says, are you not a fool? Now that's a question, are you not a fool? And the passage Annette just read for us answers that question. In this passage, Jesus, our Lord, deals with that question. So let us listen with utmost attention to what Jesus says. Let's do that in three steps. First, let us see verse 20a, where we hear a bit more about the nature of these words, and then pay attention to the blessings that Jesus speaks, and then to the woes. First, the nature of these words. Jesus says, he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, what should we learn here? Well, we learn here something about how we should listen to this whole passage where Jesus says, blessed and woe. Jesus has been preaching. He, we learned this last week, is the true prophet. He speaks the words of God. He has been preaching everywhere and some have chosen to come. They want to learn more. They want to hear more. They want to be the disciple of Jesus, the student of Jesus. They see that Jesus has things that they need. So for this reason, they have come to him. They have made their choices to be with him. And then when they are gathered together with many, Jesus begins to speak to them and he lifts his eyes on his disciples. What do we learn here about the nature of these words? Well, the one to whom they were listening now is the true prophet. And what is a prophet? A prophet is somebody who is filled with the Spirit of God. Now, why are you filled with the Spirit of God? Well, to hear God speak and to hear things you wouldn't be able to see with your natural eye. Yeah, so we live in a world where you cannot see God, but you can hear his voice. And now Jesus looks at his disciples and he tells them things he sees, whereas you would not easily see these things. How then is Jesus able to see these things? So Jesus sees that they are blessed, that they are to be praised, and that they are lucky ones rather than miserable ones. How is Jesus able to see these things? Yeah, of course, because of the Holy Spirit. But pay attention, the blessings and the woes, the things Jesus sees, come from the Scriptures. So if you read, for instance, the book of Psalms, many times you hear, blessed is the man, or woe to this or that man. If you read the prophet Isaiah then these blessings for those who have become poor but stay faithful to God and looking for God, they are called blessed. Let me show you just one example from Isaiah 25. Isaiah 25. Where it tells, you have been a stronghold to the poor. So God Looks at the poor. A stronghold to the needy in his distress. A shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. 
So they look poor, but God is their shelter. And they look hungry, but listen. On his mountain, the Lord of hosts will make a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, and so on. So they will be satisfied. They have tears, yes, but listen. The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And a little further, they will say, let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So we hear that the blessings and the woes that Jesus uh, has spoken to his disciples are already to be found in the scripture. Where God is giving his voice and by listening to his voice and to his spirit, we may be able to see things we otherwise wouldn't be able to see. So the nature of Jesus' words to those to whom he speaks is that these are prophetic words. The true prophet is speaking here. So listen with utmost attention so that you may be able to see things that your natural eye would not be able to see. Now let us pay attention to these blessings. So like, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Does this mean that Jesus tells us here that in general, when you have to live with an income of, say, one dollar a day, that Jesus tells us here that automatically you will inherit the kingdom of God because your income is so low? Or does Jesus mean when he says, woe to you who are rich, that everyone who has an income of more than 30 or 40,000 euros uh, has to hear a woe? Does that mean that? Well, we just learned Jesus looked at his disciples and said, blessed you who are poor. He doesn't mean in general all the poor or all the rich, but he has seen that these people have, have been attracted to come to Jesus, to make steps to be his disciple, to obey him, to, 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 they, they feel they need him. And because of this, well, the fisherman will miss their income. And the tax collector will miss his taxes. And in general, the people were quite poor, and now they would be poorer. And they would hear that voice, am I not a fool to go to Jesus? Shouldn't I be at my work? And Jesus says, you are the lucky one. I see you made the right choice. Oh, happy you. Let me share you what I see. For what does Jesus see? He sees that the kingdom of God is theirs. So they are extraordinary rich. He, Jesus, is the son of God, the Messiah, we learned in the previous passage. He is the owner of the heavens and of the new earth to come. And those who belong to him will own it with him. Now, if you are poor, for instance, in the Netherlands, but you would have a property in your own country, you would have house and some money that you can't use here, but you have it there, then, yeah, you may be poor here, but you know, I have something elsewhere. Now, Jesus tells to those who are poor now, yours is the kingdom of God. Not in the future, but already you own it, and it will come. The kingdom of heaven, the king of heaven, the day of the kingdom will come and you will see that you are the rich ones. Yeah, you missed your food now, 
to come here to listen to the preaching, you prioritized the word of God above your food. Your, your belly is a bit empty, but you will have satisfaction. So that is the way we should listen to these blessings, the weeping, the exclusion. People may have said to you, what are you doing? Aren't you foolish to do that, to go with that man? Yeah, they excluded them. They even excluded Jesus at Nazareth. But Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. For because of doing this, you are in the company of the true prophets. So they knew about Isaiah, about Elijah, Elisha, these, these great prophets, these men of God. Everybody should know they, they, they will richly be rewarded by God. Now Jesus tells them, but you too, when you are my disciple, when you choose to follow me, to belong to me, the blessings are for you. Whatever people may think of you, whatever people may say to you. Now, and that also shows how we should listen to the woes. The woes do not only mean something like a curse, but it is more that Jesus expresses with emotion what he sees. So he sees that there are people who feel a bit attracted to follow Jesus, to pay attention to his voice, but then they think, well, I should have my income. I shouldn't miss my income today. Or I shouldn't miss my meal. Or, oh, I see that behind Jesus a lot of weeping people with a lot of trouble. I don't want to be among those people. I want to have my own comfort and privacy and and, and joy. I, I won't do it. And then Jesus tells what he sees. Oh, whoa, oh no. He sees how it all will end up. Jesus sees the great reversal of which the prophets, of which the word of God speaks. The things now unseen, but one day they will be seen. That's what this passage is all about. Now what is then the message of this passage? It is of course that the Lord tells us today, do not be put off by that voice that tells you that you are a fool to follow Jesus. That you are a fool to make steps in obeying him, in coming to him. Whatever the consequences may be, don't be put off. But see the one who calls you. So if you have one look at Jesus, the master. He was rich and he became poor. He lost everything. See him lay in the manger. See him hang on the cross. Why is he in such cursed circumstances? No, he is not cursed. He bears the curse for us. He is endlessly blessed. He gets the name above all names. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He inherits the renewed universe. And he loves you. He wants you to join him. He calls you today to follow him, to trust him. Whatever people say, say or think, to prioritize, to listen to his voice, to get to know him, to get saved by him. And you need that. You need that for... If you just look at your possessions for your happiness, you have some temporary happiness. Let's be honest. 
possessions, gifts, some consolation, some comfort. You can have your own joys and pleasures. But if you don't prioritize to get saved by Jesus, to know Jesus, to belong to Jesus, to be forgiven by Jesus, to be renewed by Jesus, then one day you will say, what a fool have I been. So that is the message. Jesus speaks to you. He loves you. And he says, whatever comes to you, whenever you hear that voice, are you not a fool? Prioritize to believe in Jesus, whatever it may cost you. Think of Moses. In the letter to the Hebrews, we read about Moses. He was raised in Egypt by the princess. You remember that? So he was a prince. He, he had a lot of luxuries. Uh, he was richly privileged. He had good education and so on. But one day Moses chose for the people of God. And he lost everything. You would say, oh, woe to Moses. No, we know blessed is Moses. So let me read from Hebrews 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he, he was looking to the reward. What a great thing that the Lord didn't only speak to Moses, he didn't only speak to those disciples there, but through his ministers, he today also speaks to us. He speaks to you, the Lord sees you, and he says, yeah, you are blessed that you long for me. Go on, go on. And woe if you feel that the Lord's asking you to make steps, but you think, oh no, I will miss everything. No, don't be fooled. That's the message. Now finally, are there some practical things that we can take with us in the upcoming week from this passage? Let me mention to you three things. How to live a life worth living. Three applications. First, practical application Learn to recognize that voice that whispers to you, are you not a fool? It's there and sometimes automatically you follow that voice. You think, I don't want to be a fool so I won't do this or that. So I will prioritize to have my meal or to have my income or whatever. Learn to recognize that voice and learn to recognize the voice of Jesus in the very small steps of your daily life. For instance, when you are called, well, to do just a small thing in serving your fellow student. It's not big, but it costs you some time or some money. You think, am I not a fool? No, you're not. Listen to that voice. Learn to discern the voice of Jesus and the voice that whispers, are you not a fool? Hear his blessing and also hear his woe and learn to navigate in a new way. That's the first application. Second application for most of us, it is true that these big things that Jesus is talking about do not at this moment apply to us. So most of us are today not excluded and reviled because of the name of Jesus. So you may think, how does that make sense to me? 
most of us are not too poor. Many of us are rich. Now, remember, this was the case with Theophilus, for whom Dr. Luke wrote his gospel, also. Then you could think, how can this make sense to me? Well, second application. Although this may, may not be your case, you can connect to people for whom this is the case. So you may not be poor or excluded because of the gospel, but there is the possibility for you to connect to those in the body of Christ to whom this applies. And if there is one thing I really learned in my life, is that you can share in the blessing by making such connections. So perhaps you know a missionary. He or she chose not to have a big carrier, to give up much, and not to have much income, to, to bring the gospel somewhere to a nation that is unreached. So he may be poor, you may have income, you can connect to him or her. Share your properties. Take care that he or she also has some income. Pray for him or her. And then the happy thing is not only he or she is blessed, but in connecting, you share in the blessing that is for him or for her. So you can connect to the missionary. You can connect to the persecuted church. There are many ways today to do that, to be connected to those who are excluded. And in this way, we are one body. You can share in their tears and you can share in their blessing. You can be connected to Christians who live in great poverty. And in this way, we are one body. So that's the second application, connect. Third and last application, learn to rewire your brain. What do I mean with that? Well, our brain is, so to say, used to that voice that has ideas about what is blessed and what is a happy thing and what is not. So we are all, of course, attracted to do the happy thing. Everybody longs for happiness, and that's a good thing. You, you should long for happiness. Of course you should. But we are misled many times about what gives real joy and real happiness. We listen to that wrong voice that says, are you not a fool? So we have to learn to rewire our brain. How do we do that? Well, we should diminish the voice that, that tells us, are you not a fool? Now, you cannot avoid that completely, of course. That voice will many times come to you. But you should not feed that voice. So sometimes we willfully look at TV programs or, or, or things that continually give that message that a happy life is in, in having more wealth or so. Yeah, you can put off that television then. Don't listen, don't feed that voice. And on the other hand, if sometimes the voice of Jesus sounds so weak, then shouldn't we just take more time, pay more attention that we hear his voice more often, more strongly? So rewire your brain. We started with a story about these three boys in Ethiopia, which, which recently happened. And we also know this voice, are you not a fool? Today we are here, connected online, or here present, despite all the cold, because we long for that, don't we? That our soul is nourished by the voice of Jesus, 
through the songs, through the sermon, we are fed. And today we are also fed by bread and wine and strengthened to hear that voice of Jesus. Oh no, you're not a fool to believe in me. You, you are blessed because I know you. I am with you. I take care of you. I will bring you in my eternal kingdom. Are we not a fool? Let's end with a story. I think I told it once more, but it's not a bad thing to hear it again. About Jim and Elizabeth Elliot. They lived in the US and felt they were called to be missionaries in South America, to bring the gospel to the indigenous, to the, 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 the Indians in South America, in a certain country. People warned them. They said, did you know that it is quite dangerous to go there? They may not like it that you bring the gospel there. They warned them. However, they, 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 they discerned the voice of Jesus. They said, we must go. We must do this. Unfortunately, they had not lived very long over there. And Jim was shot with arrows and killed. Just when they had lived there, I don't know how long, I think a few months or so. Jim died. He was killed. And later on, Elizabeth returned to the U.S. with that child, but without her husband. And there were those people who said, didn't we warn you? And yes, she heard that voice. Have I not been a fool? Couldn't I have grown old with my husband to see our child grow up, to see our grandchildren? But Elizabeth, in her book, shares that there is something that gave her extraordinary comfort. For her man had said a proverb many times and that now comforted her. The proverb was, he is not a fool that loses what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. He is not a fool that loses what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. Are you not a fool? Oh no, follow Jesus and you will see the blessing. Amen. Lord, lift up your hearts to God and receive his blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.